0: Steve and welcome to my channel welcome to Christianity out loud still seems a bit odd saying my channel but welcome to it Uh, thank you for tuning in thank you for watching Uh, I do appreciate you doing that Uh, means does mean a lot Um, many people probably say that but it truly does mean a lot that you uh, are actually interested um, vaguely or otherwise in in what I have to say. So yeah, cheers. Uh, you can follow me on many different social media platforms. They are all named below. So feel free to jump online and join the community. Um, you can also grab a copy of the book uh, Bread of Life, the Simple Gospel. That's the one there. Just. Any uh, search engine with my name, Stephen J. Hanna. You type that in, and it will come up. So go and support a uh, go and support a budding um, author and uh, whatever else I may be. So uh, yeah, um, you can also don't want to be one of these people, but you can also support. Uh, the channel if you would like support me in the process this is a I was going to say a limited budget um, production as you can probably tell with the quality of the videos again I apologize for that this is not a limited quality a limited budget production this is what you call a no budget production but that's actually okay I don't mind that at the moment uh, why well, I don't mind full stop It'd be nice to be better but the content Uh, to me is more important at this stage than necessarily the quality of the video. That will come uh, the more I do it. So, alrighty. Um, Just a quick uh, side personal note. Uh, I do apologize this video if I do at any point stumble over my words a little bit or appear appear a little bit light headed um, without getting too personal yet uh, i do suffer from a fairly rare migraine condition which has uh, resurfaced so i'm on some fairly strong you know, painkilling medication to deal with that which um, well strong painkillers have other side effects other than um, just dealing with pain. So if I stumble a little, a little bit, that's, um, that's why. So prayers in that department would be appreciated if you are the praying kind. So, moving on to this week's topic. Um, it's a fairly light-hearted topic, not really. I don't think I've looked at a light-hearted topic yet but that's okay you know society and culture is not filled with light-hearted things um yeah and i think jesus addressed fairly heavy topics in his day and what he spoke about and ministered about so he lived in the world we live in the world these are things that we have to deal with an encounter, we can't just put our head in the sand and pretend it doesn't exist. So that's what we do here. Look at it through the lens of the Bible, or through the lens of Christianity. So, I mean, my biases are fairly well established, in uh, at least in the name of the channel. Uh, and, you know, how I look at things, but through that I'll still try and give you the truth. The actual truth, not the left's, there is no truth but power or any of that postmodern ideology. So anyway, Um, here in Australia, we've got a a federal election coming up on May 21st, I think it is, as my dog barks in the background. She's getting a little bit excited. Um, I think that election will be a fairly interesting result for a number of reasons, but I'm not delving too deeply into different political parties uh, tonight as I look at this. Um, Maybe I've just been paying a little bit less attention since we don't actually watch too much free-to-wear television in the house. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of, uh, you know, the same political advertising as I otherwise have in the past, again, maybe I'm just not you know, paying attention, it doesn't seem to be on much of the streaming services, thank goodness, um, it has been nice not to hear the typical, you know, them, bad, me, good, which is uh, what most of it seems to be, um, yeah, I just generally can't stand politicians, uh, they're not my favourite type of people, Um, you know, if you're a politician, I apologise, but I intrinsically just don't like you, (laughs) sorry about that, it's nothing personal, Uh, you made your choice to become one, I made my choice to uh, not like you, which is probably not very good of me, but, you know, that's the way it is, you know, prove me wrong. As I say, Um, I did find it interesting when our prime minister said uh, a few days ago, as of the what are we, the tenth of May here? He said it a few days ago. He didn't want a national debate on abortion, given all that's going on over in the U.S. at the moment. Uh, I don't have a reference for that exact quote, but again. uh, internet search, or you'll be able to find that. Or a quote for him uh, saying, There well, was something along those lines I don't want a national divisive debate on abortion. And I found that interesting for two reasons. Um, the first reason is he is, let's say, supposedly um, a devout Pentecostal Christian, which means to me his stance on abortion should be clear. Forget separation of church and state. I think we've moved beyond that. Uh, I think the church needs to be intrinsically entrenched within the state at the current point in time, but that's a conversation for another night. Uh, Secondly, I don't know why he doesn't want to debate on it. That one's a little bit uh, intriguing. So back to our federal election for a moment. And I did say I wasn't going to spend too much time on our federal election tonight. But this particular issue, the one of abortion, is a hill I am willing to die on, figuratively speaking, of course. Uh, I've planted my flag and I am not moving. And I don't care if I'm the only one left standing, figuratively speaking, I am not moving. You can make your social, you can make your economic, you can make your infrastructure arguments to me as a politician, um, but I will forego really all of them uh, and boil it down to do you agree with abortion or not? If you do, I won't vote for you, plain and simple. Okay? So, now the US. Back over to the U.S. for a moment. They've got a particular side of their culture, their society and their politics. I'll give you three guesses which side. Uh, They've lost their minds, absolutely lost their minds over the Supreme Court's likely overturning of their Roe v. Wade legislation. I think it was legislation. I could have that terminology wrong. But Roe v. Wade, anyway. Now, I know that that uh, particular side of the political, cultural, social aisle has no ability to think. Uh, Because me, little old me here, little old, little, not that old, (laughs) me from Brisbane, Queensland, Australia with very little knowledge of the American constitutional system, uh, I seem to understand what the overturning of this decision actually means. Now if I can work it out from over here, that side's either disingenuous, dishonest, or just, I don't know, as my dog gets excited again, just not very intellectual. Um, What it means Roe v. Wade, if that gets overturned, is that abortion is no longer no longer protected at the federal level, right? Which, it arguably never should have been. Without delving too much into that, it arguably should have never been protected at the federal level. As my dog gets very excited, she wants to be on the channel. You see, um, so it's not a federal issue issue anymore. It's now a state issue. That's what it's moved from. It's moved from being protected at a federal level to being protected at a state level. I'll have to solve my dog's problem in a minute if she keeps going. And that was actually the point of the states, right? Think about the size of somewhere like the US. You've got 350, 330 thereabouts, million people in there. There's no way that the North and the South, will agree on things that's why there needs to be a jurisdictional if that's a word separation okay because what suits people in the north won't suit people in the south what suits people in the west won't suit people in the east i forgot my hands right for east and west there you get the point there's a lot of people spread over a, a vast you know country so the point of the states was well you can look after those people in those areas and make decisions that suit them. Easy. So instead of being a federal decision, the issue of abortion is now a state decision, which means some states will allow it. Still, other states won't. There's no banning across the board, (coughs) excuse me, anything and we saw that with covid not in australia where all of the states which incidentally were created for the same sort of reason the people in the west of australia don't have the same needs wants desires as people in the east of australia north and south and the same thing so that's why we have states to spread that governmental load okay but we saw that with COVID, right? Particularly in the US. We didn't see that here, where every state um you know jumped in line and locked everybody down and did all of that to a various degree. Or if they didn't lock people down, they locked people out. Thank you very much, Queensland, for that. You know, somewhere like California, you know, shut down and implemented just about every mandate and restriction possible. And they collapsed economically and socially. That's what happened. Uh, Florida remained open. They didn't mandate anything or restrict anyone. Okay. Yes, they gave masks, said if you want to wear one, wear one. If you don't, don't. Yes, they have access to the vaccine. If you want to get it, get it. If you don't, don't. Guess what? They are thriving socially and economically. Pretty simple. Okay. Different states, different laws. So what about those particular laws or abortion laws here in queensland now i can't I can't speak for other states I don't know what their laws are and forgive me I didn't have enough time to go and look them up nor did I feel like doing an hour and a half's video um, so looking at Queensland's laws around that because that's I live in Queensland so Um, that's the one that sort of is of most interest to me now I wonder how many of you who are watching this who live in Queensland know the current laws on abortion so quoting from the termination of Pregnancy Act 2018 that's when these laws new laws were implemented uh, and this link will be um, uh, posted um, below. Sorry, a bit of a stumble over the words there. So, quoting from there, a woman does not commit an offence for termination on herself. Despite any other act, a woman who consents to assist in or performs a termination on herself does not commit an offence. Now, I find that law, I'll say interesting, I say interesting because if a mother, a woman terminates a pregnancy herself, she's not liable to laws, if a mother gives birth, terminates the life of the child, she is. So I wonder what really the difference is between inside and outside of the worm. But without getting too delved into that, before I quote the next bit, a bit of a timeout here, a little bit of a trigger warning, as much as I don't like uh, that terminology. I think it's been overused and, again, uh, hijacked by the same side of politics, culture and society and all of that. But... Bit of a trigger warning, a bit of a young ears, young audience warning as well. I don't know who listens to this, so if you are listening and have young children, um, maybe block their ears or mute this for the next minute or so uh, when I quote the next Or If this is going to upset people, hey, these, I apologize, It's not my intention, but these are the laws in Queensland. So, quoting from the Queensland Clinical Guidelines, termination of pregnancy, specifically from page 24, section 5.4.3, under the heading, Other Fetal Considerations. Trigger warning, small ears warning, all of that. Here we go in three, two, one. If a live birth occurs this is during an abortive procedure if a live birth occurs handle baby gently and carefully and wrap to provide warmth offer opportunities and support the families wishes to engage in care provision e.g. cuddling holding do not provide life sustaining treatment e.g. gastric tubes IV lines oxygen therapy provide sensitive emotional support and reassurance to parents throughout the process and afterwards document date and time end of life occurs i'm going to read the third and the fifth point there again do not Provide life sustaining treatment, document date and time, end of life occurs. Now, I could use all of the descriptions in the world to inform you of my real feelings around that particular legislation. But I will sum it up simply by saying, that is wrong. I also think that's the politest way I can put that. Do not provide life-sustaining treatment. I would like to know how you would describe that. If not wrong, what is it? To the pro-choice arguments here. Now, over the last two years or so, I've seen plenty of people, I've had plenty of people telling me that I must obey government rules at all costs. Right? I have no freedom. I have no choice. A large part of that has been regarding a vaccine mandate. Put that in a little bit of perspective here in Queensland. Once we reached, I think, 80% vaccine, they then implemented the mandate. or Thereabouts. or well, we'd reached 80% vaccinated before they decided to implement a mandate, which I thought was mad, but I digress there vaccine mandate okay there are plenty of people who supported the view that the government uh, should regulate mandate say this covid19 vaccine okay now if that's your point of view you cannot be pro-choice regarding abortion you can't right you don't get to decide When the government dictates bodily autonomy, as as you would call it, and when the government doesn't. Okay? You can be pro-choice for both, and at least we can have an honest conversation starting from that viewpoint. Okay? But if if you are pro-mandate and then pro-choice, you're a hypocrite. And you need to pick a side, basically. But I want to focus on the my body, my choice argument here for a minute. Uh, It's fairly consistent among biologists, by fairly consistent, most biologists, uh... understand that life begins at conception, okay? That's why when we're looking for life on Mars, we're not looking for some fully formed, you know, whatever. We're looking for the one smallest microscopic bit of, you know, bacteria or something like that. Life begins at conception. Any viability arguments, in other words, the baby is only a baby once it can sustain itself, that is a straw man argument. Okay, one point one, well, it's a straw man argument for many reasons, uh, not the least of which the idea of viability as far as baby is concerned, um, that changes the greater technology advances. I'm sure we will inevitably get to a point when artificial wombs can keep an infant alive from, basically, fertilisation. I'm sure we will get to a point of that, in which case viability is then from conception. Okay? We can't... I mean, you could argue we could change the laws about that, but I respectfully disagree, because the viability argument uh, is not one that is grounded in any sort of, I'll say, common sense in the idea that a newborn cannot sustain itself, okay? A two-year-old cannot sustain itself. One could even make a case that a five-year-old cannot actually sustain themselves, all right? They can feed themselves when you put a plate of food in front of them. They can drink a glass of water when you put a glass of water in front of them. Do they have the knowledge, the capacity to do all of that themselves? Will they bath and wash themselves of their own accord? You know, what do you mean by viability? And as far as that's concerned, if you are a diabetic who relies on insulin to survive, then, really, you are using technology to stay alive because you're not viable without it. So, viability has no. It's a straw man argument. It is irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. I'm not really interested in arguing that. And removing that, does your body have. Well, I don't know. Two brains, two heads, four arms, four legs, four eyes. I have four eyes, um, 20 fingers, 20 toes. Is that what your body has? Because my body doesn't have that. It seems to me that someone's body only has four arms, four legs, if there's someone else. Someone else. Okay? And the other argument that... uh, I have is the continued erosion of personal responsibility. And gentlemen, I am absolutely talking to you as well. See, where's the church? Where is the church on marriage and relationships? Where are we? Where are we on marriage relationships? See, there's a young couple in the church I go to, only recently married. Um, They'd be maybe 21, not exactly sure. Very young, all right? They're pregnant, okay? I don't know whether it was planned or not. None of my business. Might have been, might be a happy accident. I don't know. But guess what? They signed up for a lifetime agreement with each other. Lifetime. Okay? Therefore, that child will be raised in the perfect opportunity, in the perfect environment for that child. Mum, dad, committed relationship. Child will be brought up there. But guess what? That child only appeared because they were married. If they weren't married to each other, that child would not have been conceived. See what we've done. That is what the church should be standing for. That is what the church should be out there promoting and bucking this trend, bucking B, before you mishear that, bucking (laughs) this trend of marriage should be between anyone, anything, you know, saying that men and women are fundamentally interchangeable within any role within society and going, no, no. Marriage is between man, woman, children appear after man and woman become one entity. That's where the church should be. You know, as someone who I follow online, I won't mention their name, Um, as someone who I follow online puts it on. I'm pro-choice. I'm pro four out of five choices. Now these are his lines, but I agree wholeheartedly with him. I'm pro-abstinence. That's a surefire way to not fall pregnant. Okay? I'm pro-contraception. That's a surefire way to prevent 99.8 percent chance of you falling pregnant Okay, I'm pro marriage which should eliminate that problem I'm pro adoption I'm just not pro killing children I'm four out of five pro-choice I just don't accept the fifth choice of killing a child as an option I don't accept that. I don't understand how that it, that is an acceptable option within society. It's simple. Christianity and pro-choice are not compatible. The pro-choice, as promoted by the pro-choice movement, are not compatible. Okay? Now, here you say, okay, but what about rape? Okay, will you take off or make illegal, remove from the conversation every other pregnancy? Will you remove every other option for an abortion? Take that off the table. The only one left is in cases of rape. If you will do that, then you and I can have a conversation in good faith, okay? If no, if you won't remove every other option, then it's not a genuine conversation and I'm not interested, okay? It is just another straw man argument that is thrown out, but what about in cases of rape? Oh, but we must include everyone else. No, not interested. Not interested, okay? And I'll post a link to a story below, that I would say makes a compelling argument to not have the option as the option for rape as an option. Do I condone going and protesting outside abortion clinics? No, I don't. Do I condone hurling abuse and judgment at women seeking these procedures? No, I do not. Do I condone acting maturely and educating people that this is actually a life that they are taking and there are other options on the table for them if this is an unwanted situation? Yes. Yes, I most certainly do. That only occurs by coming alongside people and providing them with a support network. Okay? In a time many years ago when abortions were rare, one hopes we can return to such an occasion. In our children who were left outside with rubbish and whatnot, yeah, their future was bleak, as I can imagine it would be. It was actually Christians who rescued these children and provided them with sanctuary Luke 18, verses 16 to 17 says, But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall never, shall not enter it. I love that verse because it not only specifically mentions or implies the intrinsic importance of children maintaining a child like faith not a childish faith a child like faith i actually explore that more in the book okay and i just wonder with laws like this on the books in queensland where actually explaining to someone who may not know, who may be on the fence, but if a child is born alive as a part of an abortive procedure, well, we're actually obliged by law to not provide life-giving care. We are to let the baby die. On the table, in the bed, wrapped in its blanket. We just let it pass away. We don't value the life. What does the most hardened skeptic towards Christianity think about that? You know, that is the deliberate and conscious ending of a newborn baby's life. But it's just relabeled a partial birth abortion and acceptable in modern society. Uh, Go look at New Zealand's abortion laws. You know, Douglas Murray, I've quoted him before. He's never met the man, would love to meet the man one day whether that'll ever happen, but I could admire him and his mindset and his intellect from a distance. He said back in 2014, he didn't say it, he wrote it in an article in The Spectator, the UK publication. He said that he wrote this, didn't say it, sorry, he wrote this. The more atheists think on these things, the more we may have to accept that the concept of the sanctity of human life is a Judeo-Christian notion which might very easily not survive Judeo-Christian civilization. Those who do not believe in God and who stare over that cliff may realise that only three options remain open to us. The first is to fall into the furnace. Another is to work furiously to nail down an atheist's version of the sanctity of the individual. And if that does not work, there is only one other place to go, which is back to faith, whether we like it or not. I said it before, I'll say it again. Christianity and this pro-choice as they would promote it movement are incompatible. It's that simple. If that offends you or makes you squirm with your own beliefs, well, so be it. Because that's the truth. That is the honest truth. We as Christians cannot be pro-choice. We as a society should be pro-four out of five choices. We as the church should be promoting the only choice, only choice, being marriage, abstinence, marriage between man and woman, lifetime agreement, as my dog gets excited again, lifetime agreement between man and woman. That's the environment in which children are conceived and born and live. That's it. I mean, what sort of world do we want to live in? One where dogs bark excitedly like mine. What sort of world do you want to live in? Because this is very much on the table. Do you want to live in a world where babies are treasured and celebrated? Or do you want to live in a world where life and babies are disposable and utterly meaningless? What are we going to do about it? up to us and as you think on that and on that uplifting note god bless you and I'll see you next week